What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony and Mike, and we are discussing the season two finale of Shadow and Bone. And damn, this finale got here quick. <laughs> yeah, it I did. Mean, and... I realized all the episodes released on the same day, and we, you know, we've been like stewing on this and discussing this for weeks now but still it feels quick it almost feels like we just started discussing this like not too long ago but man there's so much going on in this episode too like geez like all the storylines converged and had their own little things going on and then they went in a completely different direction at the end and then at the very end it's like what the fuck like for real, like that's her smile. I still see in my dreams. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Nah. First off, you summoned the you summoned the dark the dark scythe or whatever the fuck it is, and then you smile because you could do it. Oh goddamn. See, it go it goes back to how I how I, me and Anthony were saying this is gonna end, and I'm like, yeah, it's this a wrap. That's exactly how it's gonna happen. Yeah, y'all were just a little backward on the details because she didn't die in Mal's arms. He died in hers. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, though. It's, it's going to happen. happen. That, that is going to be the happen. end. Of 100% going to happen. 100%. Exactly, exactly all you said. 100%. And, and once again, I actually do appreciate the pacing. Like, I, I really appreciated that we, the, the last few episodes have been quite snappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got to the end, you know, it wasn't that long drawn out stuff from season one where all this stuff happens and like nothing moved forward. This time, you know, we we, we were moving. Things happen. You know, we're things got set up for, I guess, the future. Yeah. 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 Because they, they really did kind of set us up for two different series if you think about it you know with the Grishaverse stuff happening in one and then the crows maybe happening in another with an opportunity for both of those stories to converge again but i think it looks like they're making it more separate now um i just i don't know how you have crow how you have the crows without inej i don't know how that works so... Again, they don't. They never stay apart for long. Yeah. I mean, shit. She already found her brother. She literally found her brother no, at the end. No, the whole point of no. her being on the boat was her finding her brother, and she found her brother. She's hundred percent getting ready to get back to the crows, and it's going to be like, and like he's Cal, Kaz, Kaz is going to be like, oh, so you found your brother? He's like, yeah, he's fine. What's next? <laughs> they'll 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 figure out a way to get her back. They'll they'll either wait like two or three episodes and oh I found him and whatnot and she'll be back. Yeah. They can't they can't do they can't do this that series without Inez. No, I will they, not they be can't. watching. They can't. I will not be watching. I just won't. They can't, and I think, like I said, they have enough, or they the way that they closed everything up towards the end. You can have your separate storylines, but that Jerda Jerda Purim storyline is going to be what brings them back together because you have it showing up at Nikolai's coronation. 
but you also have Kaz telling Jesper and uh excuse me Jesper and Nina and Wyland, hey, we have a we have a new uh job. It's our most lucrative job yet, and it has to do with that same drug. So they can have their little mission over here, and then we can deal with Alina and her stuff over here, and then eventually they can still bring it back. So, but I I I think. You know, I was talking to my daughter. I, I told y'all my daughter, uh, she watches the show. She's also read, um, she's read the Grisha verse books, I think. I don't know if she's read all three of them, but um, I, I will say that one of the things that she has been seeing online and that I haven't seen it because I'm not on Shadow and Bone social media very much, but um, apparently there are some people who are complaining about the fact that it seemed like the crows overtook the story and she was like yeah i i I know and and i you know i feel like the crows were a huge part of the story but one of the things that she was upset about and you know when she said it she made a valid point you have this character this female-led show a female minority-led show and her storyline literally gets pushed to the back burner for this other group of characters. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I can kind of understand that being upsetting. But I mean, they, they most certainly did take over the, the show. I mean, yeah. m- most of the show is really driven by their actions more so than Elena's actions. Yeah. But I I'm told it was the best part of the show. I do believe that, but I also like, I like the other version, you know, the uh, the other story of the show, the Elena and Mal and Kerrigan stuff and, you know, just her finding her power, her finding her voice, even though some of the ways that she did it, I did have issues with, but for the most part, I do like her story about her, um, you know, coming into her power and like even at the end when when Kerrigan is saying, well, who's going to save her? Who's going to save you? And she was like, I don't need anybody to save me. I'll save myself. You know, Mal is like, she doesn't, she won't need me to protect her. She'll have the whole country, you know, and this, this remember, she, the way they started out her story, she was the one protecting Mal all the time. So the fact that they kind of brought that full circle, like, okay, I don't need anyone to save me. Yes, she saved everyone and well, most of the people in the church at the end. At what cost? That'll be a different story. But um, you know, we talked about it in the last episode when I was talking about the changes they've made to the story from the books to the screen and how they left this whole subplot out with the apparat and everything. We see him at the end of this episode, and I was like, Yep. They're going to bring that whole storyline into a season three if they get a season three. And it's going to change because now Alina's probably going to be, I I won't necessarily say she's the bad guy yet, but we see at the end of this episode that spark is there now. Like everything Kerrigan was telling her towards the end, he was like, yeah, without anything to balance you, you're going to become me. And you know, when I thought about it again, I was like, he's right. You have to have some balance. She doesn't have she doesn't have 
that darkness anymore as far as Kerrigan goes. She doesn't have the thing that was kind of keeping her tethered on the light side, which was her relationship with Mal. So it's kind of like she's just out there now feeling everything, able to experience everything. It's going to be interesting now, especially you have this new threat and she now really is the only person who can probably deal with it. That's going to be interesting. You know? Yeah, but I also think that I mean, this is the typical the typical way that villains are born. It's like they lose someone they love, they gain someone they love, and then they want to change things for the better in their opinion. And then once they get powerful, they get they decide that my it's my way or the highway. Yeah, their way is always the best way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think and, that's one of the things like one of the things that I've said and complained about and we've talked about over the course of this season, especially, is the fact that Alina had gotten to the point where she was starting to be like, I have to do this. I have to save Rafka. I'm the only one who can stop him. I, I, I. And it wasn't until she found out that Mal was the firebird. And like even at the beginning of this episode, when she finally does have to kill him, in order to destroy the fold, when she looks at Kerrigan, she looks at him very defiantly and she was like, we destroyed the fold. We did this together, you know, her and Mal. And, you know, we talked about it in the last episode. The thing that separated Alina from Kerrigan was the fact that although they both had people supporting them on both of their sides, Kerrigan's side, you know, they supported him because of fear instead of love. Alina had people around her who loved her, who cared about her, but who also weren't afraid to stand up to her and tell her when they thought she wasn't doing something correctly. You know, she had that sounding board to kind of hold her in place. Kerrigan didn't have that. You know, yeah, he had it in Bagra, but I mean, Bagra is not the most, you know, that's not the most positive influence you can have. So he didn't have that. And that was the thing that separated them. Now, most of her support system is gone. You know, she, yes, she has Nikolai, she has Jenya, she has Zoya with her at the end, but everybody else is gone. She and Mal are no longer together because they, you know, or I won't say they, he at least realized that, hey, this might've been the only reason why we were together because we were destined. Let me go off, do my own thing, figure out who I am and what my purpose here is. And maybe I'll come back. But Mal is gone. Toy and Tamar are gone. Nadia is gone. Adric is gone. Inej is gone. The crows are gone. So it's like all of these people who were balancing Alina out, they've slowly and separately gone their own ways. And now she's just like, oh, okay. So now we got more amplification, more amplified Grisha. How? She doesn't know this yet. She doesn't realize that it's a drug that, you know, causes them to do this. But now it's gotten to the point where she's going to have to be, quote unquote, the most powerful again to stop whatever this is that's about to tear Ravka apart. Because I have a feeling if you have 
that kind of drug, like whatever it was that she took before she did what she did in the church, this, this Grisha, it wasn't a lot. It was fast acting. Like she got up and just moved her hands and everybody started coughing up blood. And I was like, oh, this is some powerful shit. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine Kerrigan being on something like that or Alina being something, you know, on something like that? Nah. This is about to be way worse than... Yeah. And I have a feeling... I kind of... I don't know if I want to say Vladim is behind it. But he was the one who had Bagra stuff. And we don't know what happened to him at the end of the episode. He wasn't there fighting, I don't think. So I'm like... He just kind of disappeared, yeah. He just kind of slunk off into the shadows. So, yeah. He -hmm. slunk off into the shadows with the bones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sure did. He did. So... I don't know. Uh, I haven't gotten that far in um, Six of Crows because uh, this storyline, the drug storyline, is um, I think the central plot for Six of uh, Six of Crows. Did I say Six of Bones earlier? Or did I say Six of Crows? I said Six of Bones. Now. Okay, so Six of Crows. But that uh, Jurda Perim story is in Six of Crows. So I don't know how major it is. I just know I read the, I finally did start reading the books last week. I was, I was at homesick for a couple of days. I read um, just a little bit, just kind of keep myself from being bored. And the first chapter dealt with um, kind of like the experimentation of this drug with some Grisha. And then the second chapter was the introduction of the crows. And when I read that second chapter, I was like, Has Brecker is a motherfucking beast. I cannot wait to actually sit down and be able to read this book, which I'm probably going to do on the beach next week. Oh my God. If Mm -hmm. That's the Cass Brecker I need to see if they do a Shadow uh, and Bone spinoff. Like, if you don't read nothing else, read that second chapter. It's just, yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay, let's let's get into some details about the episode because we start out the episode. Of course, you know you have um, you have Nikolai's group is Nikolai the twins, uh, Nadia and her brother, um, and they are trying to go into the part of the fold that's you know over there. Um, I don't know what you want to call that. That is not a castle, is it? It's a fort. Fort. There you go. That's the word I'm thinking. <clears throat> so you have them in the fort. Well, technically, mo- most most castles are forts, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but that that didn't look like it. Doesn't look like a like, you know, when you think of castles, you think of towers and turrets and all this other stuff. That this doesn't really have all of that. It does look like a fortress though, and mm-hmm. they do have like you know soldiers there and everything so we'll just go with fortress even though it doesn't have a moat it does have a moat it does have a moat it does have a moat but anyway all castles are forts but not all forts are castles there's a distinction there's a distinction just like you know the distinction between pirate pirate and privateer yes there's a a distinction. distinction there is a clear line 
anyway, so Nikolai and his group are going in to look for Elena and her group because they're looking around like, why is the foe still here? Obviously, she hasn't had a chance to um, destroy it or, you know, she started destroying it and then Kerrigan decided to get in his feelings and, you know, where we left them last, he was on the ground hurt by her cut. Mal was on the ground hurt by Kerrigan's cut. And so right now, Elena's just trying to keep Mal alive and he's trying to tell her, look, you have to go ahead and let me go. You have to kill me. And she's still focused on him. Zoya and Inej are in the background fighting the Nichevoya. Uh, Nina is over in in the fold somewhere, knocked out. So they've got all this stuff going on. And, um, you know, Alina finally kills Mal. Or I won't say she she doesn't kill him yet. Because when Nina has, when Nina finally regains consciousness and goes over to him, you could you could hear he still has a little bit of a heartbeat. Like she said, he's he's putting up a fight, but it was like something was keeping him on the other side. But when I say after she's already gone through all of this, and Kerrigan is still getting up, still talking about, you know, oh yeah, look what you've done. Oh, let me be your monster. We can still. I was like, dude, she literally just killed her dude to stop you and your shit. And you still want to sit here talking about you, you have to have me as your ballast. Let me be your monster. They will come after you and all this other plea. And I was like, here again, just give it up. First of all, you're <laughs> it's dying. Not happening. You're dying. It's very clear you're dying. Second, you can't even control control your Nichevoya anymore. Because when she pushed him down and that Nichevoya came out of him and grabbed her, he tried to stop it. That thing slung him back. Right. He doesn't have control. Uh-uh. At all at all at that point. He's too weak. You know, he's been cut, he he's been cut by her cuts. He's not healing. He's already dying from the Nichevoya. And now the Nichevoya is not, you know, I, I would assume that as many as he's producing in these particular scenes, you know, you have the one that's inside the fort fighting against um, Nikolai and that group when they try to, you know, when they try to hide from the Volker, they get cornered by one. There's like several here in this scene that Zoya and Inej are fighting and Inej is actually destroying them with Nishanya, the blade. So I'm thinking that has to be taking away from his, his life energy as well, because those things are a part of him. So the more and more they destroy them, that he's, he's losing his grip on them. And then when that last one comes out and he tries to stop it, that thing was like, flicked him off like a flea. I was like, yeah, same thing we said at the beginning. At some point, you are not going to be able to control them. And then what? He was pretty much dead by that point. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, he has to have his little his his little monologue, his his closing monologue where he's talking about how, you know, what what did he say? He told Alina because she said, you can't control them, can you? He said, I thought I could control it all once. And he was talking about how 
you know, he thought at some point he had found a measure of peace. And of course, the peace was him possibly finding love with Elena, which he could have had he not gone the route that he had gone. And then, of yep. course, she uses that opportunity to stab him. I was like, that's cold. But she didn't know what he was <laughs> thinking. But still, I was like, that's you know, whatever. cold. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, besides the fact that she is now where we started with him, like when we learned his story, mm -hmm. that's where she is. Um, ultimately, I know we like to say villains are the heroes of their own story. But he really was all about all about protecting his people, all about protecting the Grisha. I mean, he yeah. really he it, everything sort of started from that point, you know. Yeah, but at, at that's where everything started. Then he he it turned into well, the government is out to get us, and the only way to stop it is for me to take it over and be in charge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you then know. it got to, it it got to be about something else for him. It it literally was towards the end. Yes, he was still talking about protecting the Grisha, but when you there's a difference. He needed the power. Yes. He needed more power. Yeah, and it became about the power than what he really wanted to do. And domination. That's that's where he kind of got lost. Yeah. Yeah. And and you kind of unfortunately you kind of see that same thing in Alina, where she needed all three of the the things to fix the fold now the fold is gone now she's going to need more power she's headed down that same path mm. where eventually it's going to be about the power and not about what you're trying to accomplish yeah and um and look Kirigan tried to warn her he's like you know this is going to happen it's like he's gonna, he said you're going to you're going to always want to solve one thing, then something else is going to come up, then you're going to go solve that, and you're going to need more and more power, and people are going to see you as the enemy. And it's like, it's going to happen. It's like, the more the more that she... Because she basically opened, opened up everything where people can actually go explore more and try to conquer more, and then people are going to come to her and be like, oh, Santa Alina, please help us. And she's like, alright. To them, then they're going to be like, what? Why'd you help them? And then it's like going to be a whole big ass mess where she's going to have to end up just like if she she can't she's not going to be able to stay out of it because she's going to have to keep killing and there there's always going to be an enemy and whenever if she whenever she destroys that enemy she'll become the enemy of the enemy yeah the enemy of the enemy is my yeah so what, like what can it's help like, it's a slippery slope yeah what can help the Grisha is facing the land like the materiality the fabricators of a duress, they'll be able to, in the alchemy, they'll be able to help fix the land. Like, try to get everything. Because right now, it's a desert. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing there. And it's going to take them to kind of, you know, bring life back to the area. And that will give them a lot of points with the people. Yeah, but then part of the problem is because when you frame it in that way, it's kind of like, yes, I know the Grisha are the ones that have the power and they can probably fix it quickly. But then what happens is the Ravkins or the regular people will start depending on them for that. And if they don't produce, if they don't do it fast enough, if they don't do it the way they want it done, then all they're going to do is start turning on the Grisha again. 
And at the same time, why should the Grisha be the only ones fixing it? You know, the Rafkins are going to have to hitch in. They're going to have to do their part. That's their country too. Right. You know, and I just feel like it. there might be a time when they are unified. That time is not going to be for long because of this new drug that's amplifying Grisha because you still have Grisha out there who are probably going to be pissed off that Kerrigan is gone, who are going to be pissed off that the fold is down, and they are going to be looking to blame Alina for it. Because there's no one else to blame. I mean, yeah. Right. And, And what's the best way to knock her off that pedestal, so to speak? You get Grisha with amplified power who who start wreaking havoc on shit. I mean, Nikolai's coronation, that was mostly Rafkins. That was mostly regular people. That wasn't a lot of Grisha, you know? And I think that's probably one of the reasons why it was targeted is because there weren't going to be a lot of Grisha there. And I mean, by the time the Grisha that were there figured out what was going on, they couldn't do nothing. Zoya couldn't do anything. Jenya couldn't do anything. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it's going to be, it's going to get bad. Like, and, uh, I mean, I I actually kind of feel bad for Alina because it's like, when after she stabbed him and he said, they will cut, they're going to come for you. And she had that defiant look and kind of snarled, let them come. I was like, "Oh God, here we go!" Yeah. Like she's starting, she's starting to feel that now. And then well, it's like, know, she... I don't, I didn't look at it in that in that way completely, because I feel like in in a way, even though Kerrigan was giving her a warning, it's still one of those things where Kerrigan again he ruled in fear, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of his power over Alina was that when he found her, she was in a vulnerable place. This is someone who never knew that they were Grisha. All of a sudden she's, you know, exposed to these powers. She has these powers. Now she realizes her life is a lie. All of this stuff, all this uncertainty is going on with her. And then as she starts getting more control of her powers and he's like, okay, well, I need to control this. He starts using that you know, to feed off of her fear, her insecurities and her doubts. So him saying to her, oh, they're going to come for you now. I feel like was as much a threat as it was a warning. Like he's trying to make her fear and he's trying to make her regret doing this. Like, oh, they're going to come for you now and you have nobody to protect you. And I think part of her saying, let them come was yes, in a way, feeling the power that's there but at the same time I think she really was like they are not going to scare me I'm not going to scare easy I'm not going to be this quivering little girl from Karamzin anymore you know letting other people tell me how to be what to think what to do and I'm I'm going to take charge of my life now I really feel like that's kind of what she was saying to uh, Kerrigan yeah, but I still think a lot of that is. I agree with you. I think I think is a lot of it is defiance, but I still think 
a lot of that defiance comes from her knowing that that there's really no one else more powerful than she is. And it's like the the show of power that she just that she just performed is basically like to say, you don't want none of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like it'll it'll set an example where people won't mess with her because she's like, oh, she's the one that got rid of the fold. They're gonna be like, oh, we gotta get rid of her, or we either get rid of her, or we're gonna leave her alone. It's gonna be one of the two options. Yeah, and it's you know it's interesting too because of the way that she brought Mal back. You know, I kind of it's one of those things that where I feel so like right, but like he wasn't dead yet, and when Nina was telling I, her, I, I he he's I think he like, was dead, huh? He was dead. He wasn't dead. You could hear his heartbeat. You could, it was very, very slow. But that's why Nina was like, you know, he's a tough bastard. He's ho- he's fighting, but there's something holding him on the other side. Like he was teetering in between life and death. And when we saw him in the meadow, that was him basically trying to go to the other side. Like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then you see him being snatched. And that was uh, Alina bringing him back, but you know, is 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 one of those things where if she had just waited, and granted, I know she was panicking, I know she was scared she was going to lose him, especially when Nina was like, "Yeah, he's fighting, but something's pulling him away." If she had just waited a couple of seconds. Maybe, you know, just like when she was in the astral plane with Kirigan and she heard him calling for her, maybe if she had spoken up a little bit more, maybe if she had been a little more frantic instead of Mal, come back to me. She was so timid about it. It's almost like she she had already given up that he was going to come back. Maybe if she had been a little more frantic, been a little bit louder, you know, maybe he would have heard her and been like, oh, that's where I need to go. But we'll never know that now because instead she decided to take a shortcut or she decided to cheat and use Merzos. And again, Bagra told her she even heard it in her head as she was getting ready to do it. Bagra mm-hmm. made her promise never to use it because you don't know what the cost will be. And, you know, not saying that this is necessarily like the worst thing that can happen to her. But what happened when you bring him back, you bring him back and the person that he was is not quite there anymore. It's kind of like what Nikolai said when he was eulogizing, um, well, not eulogizing Kirigan, but giving his speech. He said, when a firebird uh, rises from the ashes, it's not the same as it was before. And I know he was talking about Mal then because th- this was something I didn't realize until I just rewatched it right before we started recording when um Kaz is having his conversation with Nina about what they're going to do afterwards I didn't realize that Alina was in the background talking to Nikolai and I think that's when she was probably telling him about how Mal was feeling about you know not having a purpose anymore not knowing who he is and you know she was probably like I don't want him here if that's how he's going to feel like if, if he can't even be here because he doesn't know what his purpose is now, who, who wants, you know, we, we joking all this stuff about Mal and, and Alina and him just always being there. But do you really want somebody there who, who feels like they, they no longer have a purpose and 
they're just there just for your comfort, your pleasure, your whatever. No, I don't I mean, think I, I don't think she, you know, as, as selfish as she can be in certain times, I really truly do believe that she loves Mal. She wants what's best for him. And in this moment, it's not her. And I mean, for me, I felt that divide. When she went to go talk to him and he started talking to her about true north, it was just mm -hmm. something in the way that they were communicating with each other. And you have to give it to Jesse May Lee and Archie Renault because they really played like for two seasons, you could feel the chemistry between these two characters and that they were so in love. And the moment he comes back, I felt like I could feel the divide between them. Not saying See, that he, he wasn't the only one that changed. She changed too. Right, because she didn't she also did not feel that pull towards him. Now, maybe, yes, there is still love there, but it wasn't the type of love that they had before because they were not connected in that mystical way. You know? And the the more the more nefarious thing is that she changed to the point where subconsciously she knows if he stays around she he won't let her do the things that she needs to do to get done what she wants to have done i don't know if i feel that because i, just... I think the more, more more i think she's gonna be i think she's corrupted now like she's not she's not who she was before i don't know if i feel like that's the case yet because i think for Kerrigan, he had to use Merzos in a huge way, meaning when he, like when he used the cut, he killed a whole bunch of people, not once, twice. He also created the fold. I think the corruption comes the more you use Merzos. And at this point, she had only used it once when she and Mal were having her conversation, when they were having those conversations. So I don't think it was to that point yet but i think that she knew that mal was not going to be fulfilled just being the captain of her army while she still did this marriage thing to nikolai and then again like i said they don't really say it explicitly but i do feel like she does have feelings for nikolai maybe not maybe nothing compared to what she had for mal but it's still something there you know and i just don't think that she would want mal to sit there not having any purpose, not having any sense of who he is, not being able to be with her, just to be there to exist just because, oh, okay, I saved you. You're supposed to be with me. You know, like, like he said, I don't know what my purpose is. And she was like, she was like, you were meant to. And when he was like, be here for you, raise you up, do what you needed to do. And I think she realized that and she was like, that's not one. It's not a balanced relationship. It would, or, it would basically be similar to if she and Kerrigan were together. Yes. Or she likes, she got him out the way because she likes men with power because she ran to Kerrigan in the beginning too when she was first with him. She's oh, this is it. This guy got power. I like him. But that, no, but, but that's him. not what she did though. That's not what she did. <laughs> oh no. When, when we had a little flashback, she was the one that went in for the kiss. Yes, but you. how long had but but that was something that happened gradually over months, and then also because one she had been cut off from all her friends, she had been cut off from Mal. Here again, literally oh, had been sitting. I'm there. just giving her a hard time. 
I'm just kidding. Yeah, she, 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 was, she was just coming into her Romeo Pimpton. There you go. <laughs> I don't even think Romeo Pimpton's on her mind. Go, go ahead and say it, Mike. Go ahead and do it, Mike. No. Come no. on, Kierkegaard, baby. <laughs> it could be just you and me, baby. Light and dark mm-hmm. together, baby. Just mm-hmm. like yin and yang, baby. You feel that, baby? That's us, baby. But yeah, it's I, when they started having that conversation, I, I really felt it like, okay, like he said, we'll never know if we were together because of destiny or if that was our true feelings. And it's kind of like, you felt it. I can't. And there was something else. There was another show where somebody went through something similar to that, where it was like one minute they're this one thing and then the next minute they're not. And it's like you could see the the very physical difference. Oh, <laughs> I know what it is. Lauren would laugh at me if she was here. It's a Vampire Diaries reference. When Bonnie's mother, who was a witch, got killed and brought back as a vampire, she was so despondent because as a witch, she was able to feel nature. She was able to feel the elements. And then once she turned to a vampire, she couldn't feel those things anymore. She felt like it, it, she was no longer the person that she was. That's what I thought about with Matt. Okay. I got you. Ah, Yes. Yes. That's it. You're so silly. Like I said, you wouldn't get it, Lori would. So thank you for the Lori uh, impersonation. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do something represent for the, for the homie. Yeah, I think that I mean, it really if she would if Mal had stayed around, he would have been relegated to nothing more than almost almost derogatorily a pet. It's like he's just going to be around like mm-hmm. following her like a lapdog, not mm-hmm. doing anything. And it's like that of all things that Mal is, Mal's nobody's Mal's nobody's sit around and not do anything lapdog. Like that's wow. not in him. Even when he doesn't have his superior tracking skills anymore, he still is like he, he he still has the air around him where he's like where you where he's like he, he's not an easy person to get over on he's not an easy person to take advantage of he mm-hmm. is he's he's that he's he's in some ways that guy like he he just he just kind of gives you that personality that he kind of lets you feel like he's the guy that can get you out of something or he he's that he's that he's that one last hope guy, and it's like that's what he is. He kind seems of. to me like a person who like he says what's on his mind. Yeah. He's not one to cut corners. He's not one to mince words. And the fact that he can even have that conversation with Elena right then, right there, is like basically, I don't know what I'm doing here now. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here now. I almost was expecting him to say, I don't even know if I still love you now, which. I mean, if 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 he's looking at it the way he's looking at it, that could have very well been the thing. You know, it, it could have been like, I don't feel that pull to, towards you anymore. I don't feel that love towards you. Granted, I don't think that's the case, but I think whatever that magnetism was between them, the thing that, like he said, always made it so that he could find her, that is gone. And granted, you still have those feelings, you still have that love, but now you have to figure out, okay, so is this like the romantic love that I thought it was all these years, or is it something else? Am I meant to be somewhere else with someone else? And like you said, Mike, he's not nobody's lap dog. He and and I feel like he probably would have stayed there maybe 
a little while just because at that moment he didn't know what else he was going to do. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did they say he's not the Firebird anymore? Like, is he not an amplifier anymore? He should still be an amplifier. That, that's what he was saying when he was talking to her and he said, like he you, couldn't know, feel you know what I always said about True North and, you know, she oh, okay. was like, that's how you could always find home. He was yeah. like, I don't feel it anymore. It left as I died. It okay. left my body as I died. So basically, it's like because I think that that's probably what happens to amp like when you kill an amplifier, and the person that's that's taking the amplification gets the amplification. Like, if if something would happen that the that whoever hold whatever held the amplifier came back to life, it's like the amplification is gone. Like the person who killed who killed whatever was possessing the amplifier got the amplification they actually have the amplification now so they can't have they can't have it back because they took it and the other thing i think maybe again this question came up i think when we discussed the last episode you know we were talking about the the amplifiers and whether or not they were you know had sentient intelligence and knew what was going on and i we talked about the stag you know knowing when to show itself it showed itself to mal it showed itself to alina and it was basically giving alina its power without her having to kill it so it's kind of like i feel like if kirigan had not stepped in at that time and she was able to complete that transfer of power from what the stag was freely giving to her would the stag have just been a regular stag after that you know, and I kind of feel like now that we see kind of what Mal is, he's like a, I don't want to say he's a shell of who he was, but he's not, he's not the same. There's obviously some, some part of him that's missing now. And that probably would have happened with the stag and with the sea whip if, if those things had lived after, um, after Elena had gotten its power. But you know, going back to Mal, yeah, he probably would have stayed there maybe for a few weeks, maybe for a few months, just because he needed time to figure out what to do. I mean, if you think about it, this last year, Mal has been through a lot. He's almost been killed how many times he actually did pretty much die once. You know, the the one thing that was uh, extraordinary about you is is no longer there and you're in the middle of this this situation where the person that you love is having to marry someone else to to unite the countries and it's that Matt went through a lot this year yeah you know and he's been through a lot in this whole series it's like he's been lost shot found lost again shot again found again but that's what i'm saying lost these two seasons have taken place over the course of about roughly a year. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot. And he probably would have stayed there and been like, okay, you know what? Let me just figure this out. I'll just sit here. But he would have been unhappy and Alina would have seen that that, and that would have mm-hmm. made her unhappy. But, you know, I think she paid attention to certain things like the conversation that Nikolai and, and Mal had before they all separated and Nikolai was going to Karamzin and they were staying behind. You know, when, what was it that Nikolai said to Mal? He said, hopefully when this is over, you know, um, you know, we can have an order, 
ordinary life or he said something to Mal about living a long life because again, they weren't expecting Mal to survive this. And Mal said an ordinary life or ordinary things. Alinka kind of looked at him like, what? Because she had never heard him talk about that before. But that was a conversation he and Nikolai obviously had. And when Nikolai was giving his speech, just some of the things that he was saying and looking pointedly at Mal, like, okay, you know, Firebird rising from the ashes, he's not the same. And that clearly fits Mal because he's not the same that, you know, person that he was. And he doesn't have any direction right now. And I think when Elena went to go talk to Nikolai and was like, yeah, he's not. He's not feeling this. I don't know what to do. Nikolai was probably like, hey, I have a suggestion. I don't know how you'll like it, but maybe we let him do this. See if he wants to live that life. I mean, Mal has said that he envied Sturmhan's life. That was something he would like to do because it was normal. It was adventurous. So, you know, when she brings it to him and, and he was like, is this your idea or his? And, you know, she's like, he's not the bad guy. And Matt was like, no, he never was. You know, the fact that someone can say, okay, you know what? Hey, let's just, I mean, in a way they're trading lives. You know, Nikolai is going to be right now by Alina's side because that really is what the country needed. And yes, that is kind of what her purpose in all of this was. If she were to go through all of this, do all of this stuff, go through the losses that they had and, and all of this and just be like, okay, Mal, let's just pack up and leave and go somewhere else. We're going to let them figure out how to reunite Rafka. It, it would have, it wouldn't have made sense. You know, it would have been a waste of all of the things they went through and all of the, the deaths that, that happened. So yeah. Mal just you gotta go be Sturmhorn now which I'm not gonna lie That's, he looks I, good in that jacket so <laughs> you know I mean I'm I'm actually, I'm actually for for that with Mal the twins and 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 um what's her name damn did you just Nadia. forget Inez's name I literally my, my mind went blank on Inez's name it, I literally went blank. I don't know what happened. What is wrong I'm, with you? <laughs> I'm literally looking at her now. I'm look. I'm. I'm like. I'm reviewing the part where, where everybody comes. Everybody's back from fighting, and I saw her. I'm like, oh, there's an edge looking at Kaz awkwardly, and I, she was in my mind, and I was like, yeah, it just blanked out. It just like it's like like a TV just went. Bzz, bzz. I was like, uh, the tag nabbit. Okay. But yeah, I would, I, I would, I would like to see that that little side series, even if it's just like for four or five episodes, like like that little Witcher Origins thing that they did. Yeah. I wouldn't mind like four or five episodes of them on a on a flying boat, righting wrongs. That's a hell of a team. That that sounds good. But since let let's talk about your girl that you forgot now. Since since you brought her up, Inej. Man, okay. Yeah, she needs she needs to hold on to that. So I mean, I'm like, she's literally the right hand of the saint. Like she was, ooh, ooh, ooh. She I was, was I thoroughly enjoyed that. that. She was doing mm -hmm. all her superhero poses and everything. Such a such a poser. But you know, the one thing I do I did like about these fight scenes, especially in this episode, I can do more with a Zoya and Inej team up 
You can throw Nina into that mix. You can throw Alina into that mix. Give me a quarter. I get that. Give yes. I will take it. And think about think about it like this. She was actually fighting air. Like there's no there's no shot. Like what what was she did they I don't think they could have set up someone that they were fighting. I mean, unless she was fighting someone in like a mocap suit, but it didn't look like that. It looked like she was just like swinging the sword in air. Because I, so, I haven't seen any behind the scenes. That is part of what she was doing. But also you have to remember that when when the Nichevoya actually connect with something, they have to have a solid form. It's like when they touch something physically, it causes them to temporarily have physical form. So that's how she was able, because you could see it um, in certain shots when she's hitting it, you can actually see like a black form with like little gold specks whenever she would hit it. So you could see it, but you had to pay okay. attention to it because that's what Adric said the first time the Nietzsche boys showed up at the um, engagement party. He said they have to take physical form in order to actually grab something. So well, I was I was actually talking about like in real life, like as they were filming it. Like, um... oh, I you know I don't know, I don't know which one were which ones were practical effects and which ones were. I mean, I'm assuming. I, I'm I assuming it was all CGI, probably. It probably is. Uh, a, yeah. But um, I do know that there was, um, if you see some of the behind the scenes stuff, you do see her kind of uh, being pulled through the air through a um, a harness and you see her fighting a little bit. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming at some point they may have had to have someone there as like point of reference. They probably right. had the balls on the string to represent, you know, like this is where the head is. Mm -hmm. So she would have some reference point to swing, yeah. Yeah. but they feel all that stuff in later anyway. Yeah, but whatever, it looked good. It looked she was damn kicking, good. But Zoya was over there holding her own up until that thing knocked her out. Yeah, until she got the smackdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah she she got the smackdown. But I mean, it's one thing we saw with uh, Nadia and Adric with them being squalors. They couldn't deal with the Nichevoya on their own. It was only when they teamed up that they were actually able to do some kind of damage or hold it off or kind of, you know, dissipate it for a little bit before it came back. But those Nichevoya, at, at some point, I was like, were they that big? Because I feel like they were smaller. And then they just, I don't know, as, as the series kind of went on, they got larger or maybe as Kirigan's rage increased, they got larger. Or his control lessened. Well, I think oh, we've always yeah. seen him sort of in confined spaces too. Like we haven't really... Oh, yes. True. Yes. Because the one that was inside the chapel with Nikolai and the twins and, and the crows yeah, that one was it was large, but it wasn't it wasn't large like the ones in the they were outside. Before. Yeah, that were yeah. outside. But that one that was inside, Toy and Tamar were fighting it and they were getting they were getting some chops in, but that thing was still big. And then when Nikolai tried to go after it and it's and it stabbed him, 
I was just sitting there like, oh, is this where they're about to do this? Because in the books, now that now that the 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 uh, season is over, I can say this in the books, Nikolai is attacked by one of the Nichevoya. I believe it's in book two, and he becomes this. It's. I think it's similar to the Nichevoya. I have to go back and read the books. I've only read them once, but it was kind of like a cross between the Nichevoya and the Volcra. So he was this shadow monster, but he had the wings and he had the teeth and he was actually a physical form. And it's like, there were certain times when he was still present of mind that they could speak to him and they knew he was in it. Like a, there was one time when he was, kind of hovering over you know Alina and she looks at him and she's like Nikolai are you in there and he reaches out like he's gonna like he's reaching for her and he realizes that he has talons and he takes off so it's like he's aware that he's become this monster he has you know those moments of clarity and I was like are we not gonna see that at all in this season and then when they did what they did at the end I was like oh okay so we might get it and then when we see the scene of him in the mirror I was like oh Ooh. that's gonna be that's gonna be a three. thing so and I think that's also part of the story with King of Scars which is the um, duology that focuses on his character after the events of Shadow and Bone. So he still is this monster a little bit, like like it comes out every once in a while and he's he's trying to hide the fact that he's this murderous monster and still trying to keep his place as king, trying to keep Ravka together. I've only, I, that one I've only read like the first chapter too, but I was like, oh, so they're going to do this in the next season if they have a season three. Okay, cool. So, but when when they did that and, and he gets stabbed, I was just like, there has there's going to have to be some consequences. Like, I know this is the eighth, the, the, the last episode, this is the finale, but there has to be some consequences to that. Now, consequences meaning Nikolai has to take his shirt off and no, okay, I can deal with those consequences. Consequences and repercussions. Consequences <laughs> and repercussions. What was it? I um when Mike and I were watching all of the YouTube videos, there is a video of um Patty Gibson who plays Nikolai, Ben Barnes, and Jesse May Lee, and they're looking at the um they're looking at the last scene of the episode because Ben Barnes had never seen it. He said, No, mm -hmm. I stopped watching after I died. So <laughs> <laughs> so they're watching this scene and it's the scene uh at, of Nikolai's coronation where the Grisha is coming through and she's killing everybody and he's looking he was like oh my god this is gross I feel like I'm gonna throw up this is horrible <clears throat> it's gross it was very graphic all of the blood and that was very graphic but at the end or rather before all of that when they show him taking the shirt off to look both Ben and Jesse May Lee were like, God, look at your abs. And nobody's going to pay attention to anything else in the rest of the scene. They're just going to be looking at your abs. But when they <laughs> did this and you see the you see the little Merzos vines in his shoulder, I was like, is he about to turn into this monster now? And then the way that they did it with him looking in the mirror and seeing it, I was like, oh, I like this. 
because it's like he's not quite the monster yet but you know it's coming now so i'm like yes they have to renew the show for season three because i need to see how they're going to do this storyline mm, i need to see how they're going to um find my girl somebody to fill that hole in her heart now genia who inez genia oh okay so i okay i need for them to do something about that okay so <laughs> Here's to my, put her pieces together again. Here's my theory. You know what? Stop. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. What? What? Really? I, oh, Scum. you know, I, I will spout a theory. I'm not like Anthony. Here's my theory. <laughs> I have a feeling because we did not see David's body when she came back up, even though she saw all of the destruction, she saw the blood. I have a feeling that what the Nichevoya did to Nikolai partially I have a feeling David is going to be one of those uh, shadow things. That's, that's, that's kind of what I feel. It's tried and true. If you don't see a body, they're not dead. You don't see a body. Well, what's because his contract status like? <laughs> right? That, that'll body, answer the question. Like, the niche volume, when we have seen them kill, there's always evidence of what they kill behind. Like it, they're not like the Volker. And even with the Volker, when the Volker is sitting there eating some of the people, it's not like they devour them whole. There's still evidence of something being left behind. That much blood on the wall. One, I don't see David walking out on his own accord and not being found at some point because he wouldn't have been able to get that far with that kind of injury there's no healers around you know everybody is basically fleeing for their lives the ones who aren't already dead i have a fact i have a feeling david is going to be one of those things so i can see that but yeah i think her, i think that'd be cool like he was I, I, it'll be cool if he just like shows up at the last minute if they're like someone's in trouble and he like constructs something real quick and is like saves them like oh Hey, David, what's up? Nah, honey? because you can't you can't show up just like that, just unexpectedly with no recourse, especially like like Anthony said, after the hole you just you put in Jenya's heart, the way that she just broke when she realized he had the ring in the pocket and that he was, you know, making the ring for her. I no, you can't you can't put somebody through that kind of heartbreak. And then just show up and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not dead. No, because I will kill you myself then. No. Mm. Yeah. I think that's probably what happened. He probably became one of those. Um, I, I don't even remember if they those things had a specific name. But yeah, him and him and Nikolai, I think, are going to be um, they're They're going to have an interesting journey for season three when we get it let's say when let's speak that into existence when when we get it they're going to have an interesting journey they are um, you, you're, you're speaking as if he's going to be alive well see that's the thing because like i said um in the books nikolai turned into one of those things and i can't remember how they turned him back. I know it has something to do with Kerrigan's death, but I don't remember if there was something else that happened to turn him back. But he did turn back human, but they didn't. It, it didn't get rid of the monster completely. Like I said, there will be certain things I think 
that may have tricked that may trigger it to come out or it's just one of those things where when it needs to feed it will kind of take over his body maybe maybe they're gonna i don't know what happens in the book but maybe whatever story they had intent that she had written for nikolai they're gonna make it for david instead i think it's gonna be and do something probably. different yeah. different with nikolai i don't know because if it, with the way that they end it i feel like that's still gonna be part of nikolai's story like it's it's not going to be one of those things that takes over him immediately because we don't know, again, we don't know what kind of time span we're work, we're looking at now. I seriously doubt if all of this stuff is happening within the same day, you know, uh, them saving Rafka, destroying the foe, Mal leaving, you know, the others leaving, the coordinate, I, all of this has to, I would assume, take place over the span of at least a few weeks. You know, especially if you're looking at the map and you see um you see where they started in um was it Rafka and then where the ship is all the way to the to the west, they had to have been gone for at least a few weeks. Mm. So if I were writing it, mm -hmm. if if I were writing it, they that that's what would happen to David he would change they would figure out how to save david and in order to figure out how they can save nikolai from turning mm -hmm. since he's the king now yeah so that that would be that's that's what i would do I, so like I instead said, of having duplicate storylines because if you you don't want to do the same thing for two characters so you would use one character to help you save the other one Unless Lena decides to use those shadow monsters to her advantage, <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying, I mean, y'all were talking about Alina being. I mean, her her cut was a shadow; it wouldn't light. So yeah, that, that is true. Exactly. That so does true. that mean her children are going to be shadow, uh, whatever? I don't know. Her kids going to be like she's she's the new Bagra. I I don't know. I mean, Depen it could, could depends be, I mean. on who he, depends on who she has kids with. Because in the um in the books, if I'm not mistaken, um, and I was laughing because Anthony, you kind of sort of said something about this a few episodes ago, and I was like, did he read the books? So in the books, Elena and Mal they end up together. Both of them end up losing their powers, and what they end up doing, um is everybody thinks that Santa Alina died with the uh with the darkling. She and Mal they go back to Ketterdam and they run the orphanage. And it's kind of like one of those things where they're happy but she feels like she's missing something, like a part of her is missing kind of sort of the way Mal has verbally expressed how he feels in this episode but that's how alina is at the end of shadow and bone and i know a lot of people um just once i finished reading the books and just started trying to see how people thought about it, i know a lot of people didn't like the ending for her because they were like oh they just put you know she basically 
has been relegated to being a house, you know, a powerful woman who had to give up her powers for them, you know, for love. And now she's relegated to being just a housewife. And I was like, okay, I can see how that would be irritating. Yeah. So they, they, they switched it up a little. I don't know. I just, I don't see Alina after feeling this power going back to being a housewife. I I mean, she, she, you know what, if she gets to the point where her power starts to take over and make her evil and she is cognizant enough of it to realize what she's doing before it's too late and say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to become this person. I don't want to be here again. Then I can see if, if that's a sacrifice that she feels she has to make in order to keep that darkness and evil at bay, I can see her making that decision is just the point of what is it going to take for her to get to that point to say, I can't be this person. I can't have these powers because if I do, I'm going to turn out to be another version of him. I'm I'm just going to repeat the same mistakes. What is it going to take for her to have that realization? So, and is it going to be too late when she realizes it? Right, I mean. right. So I, I don't know about about that the Nikolai the Nikolai store will be an interesting one especially if it is tied to David um because like I said in the books he is still king while he's dealing with the shadow thing and there is somebody there on the sidelines who is helping him to manage this and I don't know because I haven't read that far and I haven't looked at spoilers but I think they actually end to get end up together which if that happens might make me happy, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to see what way the show plays it, if the show plays it at all. But, Mm -hmm. um, okay. Let's talk about Hazen and Ish. These guys. And we need to talk about their fucking deleted scene that they took out of the show and they put it on YouTube, the, the goodbye bullshit. scene between Jesper and Inej that had me bawling. Yeah, that was some bullshit. Yet I they still fit watched that in it there. like 10 times in a row. No lie. No exaggeration. They could have fit that in there. I don't they care. Could've they could have fit that shit in there. It, But it would have made that scene even more heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know? But... But, I mean, of course we're going to have, you know, the... T- I mean, they... They're just, they're just. It's just like that, um, that Geico commercial where the guy has the has the dollar on the fishing pole. He's like, you know, it's like Inesian, Inesian cat's happy. Whoop, gotta be quicker than that. Whoop, almost had it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, because they they know what we're doing. They know what we want. They know exactly what we want. We want these two to be together, despite everything. But they act. But for once, they actually put. Something that would actually happen in real life, and something that actually made sense for them not to be together yet. It's like if he can't touch her, then there's then she's like, I don't, I can't live like that until you get past all that. Then this can't happen. But well, well, when it happens, I will have you without your armor cast, Breck, or I will not have you at all. I was mm-hmm. like. But but at the same time, I understood her because when yeah. he, when he first of all the fact that he voluntarily grabbed her to keep her from walking out the door, same thing that happened in her dream. I was like, oh wait, <laughs> what are we doing here? 
then when she turns around and she grabs his arm even though yes he is fully clothed he's he's gloved you could see how much control and how much strength it was taking for him to not freak out but i feel <laughs> like in that moment he wanted what was about to happen more than he was repulsed by what was going on he was really fighting for that because he had to show her that he really wanted her and the sad thing is when she was looking at him and she was saying those things and she, what did she say how and how will you have me um clothes on and then when she said with your head turned so that our lips never touch the moment she said touch that's when he kind of backed off he was like it's too much i was like oh, Cass, you were doing so good but we've already agreed Cass needs some he needs some therapy he needs some therapy. He's gonna be <laughs> yeah, he does. He's gonna be with a Nash. So Kaz, I need you to figure that out. Because when she said that to him, I will have you with your armor or not at all. He just looked at her and kind of slightly nodded, like, I understand. You know, and and it's one of those things where it's like when he had to sit there and collect himself when she left, I was like, it's probably taking everything he has in him to not freak out right now but also not to not to be upset because it's like for someone like him to open up that much to an edge like he didn't say a lot that wasn't any undying declaration of love but the things that he did do he told her that he had been looking for her brother he gave her the means to start he told her that he wanted her that's pretty much a fucking declaration of love for Cass Brecker. And it's something that we have never seen from him. So for him to, to be that close, to get over that, that fear or that whatever insecurity, to tell her that much and it still not happen, it's just one of those where it's just like, I need him to understand. I, I don't want him to be one of those things, one of those people where he's like, well, I tried and she didn't want me. No, I need Cass to take it for what, what it is. And I need him to work on himself so she can bring her ass back and we can get some Kinez content. Because yes, I, I don't like that Geico commercial. And I didn't like being jerked around in this one, even though I knew it was going to happen. And Honestly, <laughs> it was a beautiful scene. Still, it I was, was sitting there looking at my TV like, please let this happen. Please let this happen. And then it didn't happen, so I was upset. But no, good for her. They, they, for, they good for her for standing up and not compromising. Right. And it's like it's a it's a and it's it's like the opposite trope where she's like where she doesn't stay and she's like Okay, I'll help you through this, and we'll be okay, and we'll we'll get through this together. And then they go through all kinds of stuff where he doesn't want to touch her, and da 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 da. Right. She's like, no, 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 no. Right. Like, because I, this I is have, not her I problem to, to fix. Right. Yeah. She's like, this is what needs to happen. So when you do that, come find me. Then mm -hmm. we can talk about it. Right. Till then, I'm out. Shall we? Okay. <laughs> 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 Whoop, gotta be quicker than that. Shall we? <laughs> that was funny. So yeah, so Inez Man. is on the ship with 
Mal, aka New Sturmhan and Sturmhan 2.0. Sturmhan 2.0. That's what we're gonna call him. And the okay. So wait a minute. We, I want to go back. I want to go back real quick and shout out to Jesper for for executing one of the funniest cocklocks I've ever seen in my life. When he first sees when he first when Cass first sees Anej and they kind of have a moment and Jesper like up like rushes past him. It's like hey and spins her around. Because like, face was so slight, but he was looking like so excited that she was there. He was looking happy, like he was getting ready to say something. Yeah, Jesper. Uh-huh. I was like, le coq bloc! <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, dude. I'm sorry. But um, Jesper seems to be doing good in the relationship department. Oh, Jesper's fine. West, West, Westper lives. It's, yes, it's it does. Okay. <laughs> Lives together at that. Hey, <laughs> living and seeing. <laughs> that little scene was so funny because he's giving he's giving uh Wyland a key. Wyland is like, "What is it supposed? To, oh wait, it's a key. Oh wait, it's a key to here. Oh." <laughs> so yeah, just, I'm I'm glad I... somebody has their happy ending because um, Nina and Matthias. They're not getting it. Like, Nina has gone through everything. She's gotten the pardon. She has gotten him pardoned. All he has to do, what, what is it that Cass says? Um, she has secured a pardon for herself and for her Fjordan as well. All he has <laughs> to do is stay out of trouble. And he That's not free. happening. He knew better. Well, when, we knew when, better. When she says stay out of trouble, when he says stay out of trouble, you knew that. You, <laughs> that was knew. far. and that's what happens he goes to Pecker Rollins because he's you know he's still having his flashbacks he's going in between missing Nina and hating her because he still thinks that she did this on purpose but he's still reminiscing about them being together he was like look I can't do this anymore he goes to Pecker he's like look put me in the fights Pecker was like yeah we'll make some money I don't give a fuck about your money you can keep your money I just don't want to feel like this anymore Pecker's like okay then somebody will hurt He's like, yeah, I could, I could use this. Really, to one, the one person that can, the the head manipulator, the most manip- manipulative person in this show, you give him ammunition to manipulate you with. But, like, I, but Matthias doesn't know that. He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about Pekka in that sense. And just like, even when um he tells so? him he wants to put him in the huh? You think so? You think yeah. you think he can't recognize recognize Pecker Rollins for what he is? I don't think he, he I don't think he really cares enough about Pecker Rollins to pay attention in that sense. Matthias is you have to remember he, Matthias is very a different breed. Linear, straight line, black, yeah. white. Yeah. He's not paying attention to Pecker. He's just like, okay, I know that this is a guy who who, you know, who is a means to an end. Okay, I just don't want to feel this anymore. Put me in a fight. You know, I don't let, know. Me when fight. He, let me when... get some of this out. And even when Pekka says, well, somebody's been paying to keep you out of the fights. My guess is it's Cass Brecker. He was like, I don't know who this person mm-hmm. is. It doesn't even occur to him to ask, why would this Cass Brecker keep me out of the fights? Like, why, do, why does he care about me? He doesn't even think to ask that. And Pekka, once, once Pekka, I feel like once he realizes that Matthias has no connection to Cass, like again, Matthias don't care. He was like, I don't even know who this person is. Oh, okay. So let's just go on ahead and 
I'm just going to take out my anger on you because your little girlfriend and her little friends, they put me in here. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to fuck you up. And what does he do? He puts him in the ring, but doesn't put him in the ring with another person. He brings the two wolves and the two symbols of his commitment to jail. Mm. And Matthias is like, "Mm -mm, I'm not doing this. I'm not fighting. And he gets on his knees. And what was it? I think it was you, Michael, that said it. When he walked mm-hmm. up to those wolves and he he made that connection, those wolves turned around and they stood next to him. They started growling at everybody else. They're like, we ain't finna fight him. We finna fight y'all. Exactly. And at He's this the one moment, Nina is coming in. She's got the papers. She calls to the guard. She's like, look, he's been pardoned. You have to stop this. And I guess this guard is right on back in Pekka's wallet because... I mean, Pekka's right there, so it's not like he can be sneaky and do stuff behind Pekka's back anymore. Pekka's right there in his face. So he's like, yeah, no, this this can't stop. You'll have to, you'll just have to sit here and watch. So she sits there, she watch, watches them fight. And as Matthias is on his knees with the wolves growling at the guards, the guards are coming after him. They start getting ready to to like um be abusive towards the wolves and and he's like look y'all can do whatever you want to me leave them alone they're like whatever fuck you they get ready to abuse the wolves and i guess matthias is like you know what fuck this he picks up the little there's like a little uh, knife or something that one of the guards had on the end you know on the end of his whip he picks it up stabs the guard i was like oh there goes staying out of trouble he starts fighting. Nina starts hollering for him because she was like, Matthias, stop. Then she starts hollering at Peck. I'm like, Nina, you are not helping the situation by making yourself known to Pekka Rollins in that moment. Y'all fucked Pekka up. You think he don't know what he's doing? But then towards the end, when they finally get control of Matthias, they're taking Nina away because, of course, Pekka's like, get that woman out of here. When she calls to him and he sees her, I think in that moment, that's when he realizes, okay, you know what? She didn't set me up because that's now twice that she has come to see him. If that was something that she had set up or she didn't care about him, she would have just let it go the first time he ignored her, at least maybe in his, like you said, Anthony, his focused mind, that was what he think. Because you got to remember, his view of women and how they act is totally different from how Nina is. Because he was raised on this very narrow view of women in his country. The fact Mm -hmm. that she she came back and she's calling out for him and and they're taking her away. He was like, oh, y'all better get your hands off my woman. But of course, it's too late now. It's too late. I love I love the I love the symbolism of her dropping the dropping the pardon and it getting stomped on and crushed under everybody. It's like I was like, oh, that's well, it doesn't matter because she's on first name basis with the king. She can just go say, um, you know what? I tried to get him out and this is what happened. Can you, you know, like write me up another one of those pardons? I don't think Nikolai would mind. Yeah, but still, I don't think he I don't think he would mind. Um, I'm. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it, Matthias doesn't see black and white, but he saw red and you know, green a couple times, like you know, you know. in his flashbacks. 
<laughs> but um uh let's see. Alina, Zoya, and Jenya being besties. I that Charlie's that Angels like, up in this piece. I was like, that okay. looks like it's gonna be so much trouble. <laughs> That's There's so many there's so many spinoffs that they could do with with all these people. It's like, like, damn! I would, I would literally see watch Virginia Zoya, and I would, I would watch the three, three of them go on wacky adventures. And yeah, I'm kind of down for that. Actually. So I, I wonder how they're gonna figure in if if Elena is going all dark side. Like, are they gonna be able to pull her out of that? Probably not. They're probably gonna have to send word to Mal and be like, "Get your ass back here, cause your girl done lost her mind." But <laughs> you know, i I like their I like their friendship. I like the fact that they have all overcome these odds to have to have each other's back and to be supportive of each other. I I like seeing that on screen. You yeah. know, um, what is the other thing? Oh, Kerrigan's funeral. That poor thing. I will say this. One thing I do like about the show better than than the book, um, because in the book, Alina's Alina's relationship with Kerrigan was always complicated, but in the book, it made it seem like she still had feelings for him and that she still kind of sort of maybe loved him, even all the way up to the end. And I just that didn't sit right with me because of the way he was with her in, in book one and and season one and how he just kind of, oh, you know, exerted control over her body and her powers and all this other stuff. I just didn't like it. So I like the fact that it didn't seem that way. Like I know her feelings for him are complicated, but at no point did it seem like she was considering anything he ever told her. Like she considered it to the point, like when he was like, you'll be all all alone and this, that, and the other. I think she was upset because she realized at that point, yes, yeah, she was going to be alone because Mal was gone or, at, or, or so she thought at the time and she was never going to be with Kerrigan. So I think, you know, maybe that was kind of what was making her upset but I like the fact that she was able to do what she needed to do with him and have no remorse have no regret and it wasn't one of those oh if only you had done this we could have none of that like she never said anything like that to him Bagra said it that was like yeah you could have had her love you wasn't an ass <laughs> but you know I I just I feel like he got the end that he deserved and I don't know. I'm gonna miss seeing Ben Barnes, but I mean, oh, I'm sure he'll be back, if only in flashbacks. If flashbacks, dream or maybe, or maybe I think he's gonna. Visions. I think I think he's gonna come to her in visions. I yeah, think. just like a, a, a like part of her subconscious, just mm -hmm. kind of, especially if she starts going dark side. Mm -hmm. He's already using the dark. Haunt her. He he's gonna not he, if not taunt her. He's sort of gonna like like push her in that direction like how easy it, she's gonna be like see how easy it is mm -hmm. you know it's like yoda well, says easy you. is the dark side of the force yeah yeah are you paraphrasing yes okay. <laughs> that's what i thought okay i'm paraphrasing but um, um yeah i just i just i can't 
I don't want, I don't, I don't want, as much as I like Ben Barnes, they don't, I don't want them to, I don't want them to bring him back, even though I know they're going to, because I'm sick of the surprise to see me trope, where it's like somebody, someone dies and then they appear in like a vision over the course of time and like, you know, they're tempting him and you're like, Bro, you, you know, watching you fantasy. Know? First of all, you're watching a YA show based on YA, I, lit, I, I which is built on the sir. backbone of tropes. It is I realize a trope what I'm watching, itself. sir. I realize so, what I'm watching. I'm just saying I'm not looking forward just to just like having the big my eyes person and, turn bad. Yeah, I know. It, it just, I mean, I'm 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 not I'm just not used not looking forward to rolling my eyes and sighing because I heard they can get stuck like that if you roll them too much. It's like you know. I just if they have them come back, I just don't want them to overuse it. Kind of like um, yeah. oh, Michelle will agree with me on this one. Like they did with Outlander with one of their dead characters. Last season, they brought him back as a figment of Claire's imagination. And oh my God, when I say it was overkill, I was like, okay, I understand the character has a huge impact on her trauma response and all that, but I am so sick of seeing his face. I don't want to get like that with Kerrigan. Like if he has to make an appearance, make it make sense and make it scarce. It does not have to be every episode. It, yeah. It, 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 yeah, no. Anthony's got his lips pursed like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Come on. Still, you know what's going to happen. There's only two things. It's only there's only two things that can happen, right? One, he comes back as like her conscious, you know, like talking to her or whatever. Or two, he comes back in form. I don't think they're gonna do that. Because you know because he, he told them to get rid of every semblance of him. What if they don't get rid of every semblance of him? Yeah, and then you got, you know, Nikolai about damn near turning into a niche voyeur. Then you got David out there somewhere. And you got, what's his name? Vadim. You got Vadim out there somewhere who's probably going to be digging through the ashes looking for us a random Right, right. So like, Test, all the elements are there for him yeah. to make a return. He's inviting him like, arise, my dark lord. Arise, my dark lord. No, he and probably like, he probably went right. and found some of Kerrigan's ashes, and that's how that's how uh the Jerda oh Perim is. Oh, oh, oh my god, you just you told me all he needs is the blood of a relative and the blood of the person that killed him. Harry Potter all over again. It's the same shit. No, here you go. We are got not it. Doing he the is coming back. Spell for vote. We are yes. not having a baby more in this show. No. Yes. Oh my god. It's the same freaking story. Because now you know he's dead, but he ain't really dead. He's like in some weird physical form, roaming around. Because you know the Nitravoya are actually extensions of his subconscious. So they have all his memories and feelings and emotions. So now all you need is a resurrection spell. And mm -hmm. the person that killed him and a relative, they're still alive. Oh my God, mm -hmm. it's so clear. How do you, how do you spell Horcrux and Rothkin? Oh <laughs> I have solved, I have solved the show. Kerrigan is coming back. 
That's, that's, he is that's coming a, back. Yes, he that's is. That's a near foolproof theory, Anthony. Good yes, job. it is. I, I will, you know what? It is a theory. Write it down. This is a theory. Mark it down. I am back because I am right. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. He's going to come back. Ben Barnes, one, is too good of an actor. Two, this is a typical YA trope. It happened in Harry Potter. It's going to happen in this one. So do you you think they would use David's body to bring him back? Or use David? Like maybe maybe he would possess david or you know yeah habit david's that, that he will possess him like like voldemort possessed professor quirrell uh-huh uh-huh or, yeah. or, or i got it they, i got it she combine, they're gonna combine the two things so they're gonna have like a professor quirrell story but he's gonna have to like figure out a way to get because he wants his physical form back and he's no. gonna need no. the blood of the person that killed him and the blood of a relative. It's the same and the thing. Rat is Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> I got it. Now, now that's Vadim is going to become no, Tom no, no. Because I mean, if you think about, it, like I said in the books, the apparat is basically like the leader of a cult. There are he is the leader of a cult that worships Alina, like culty cult. If he and 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 yeah. He might, especially if Alina is quote unquote going to the dark side, maybe he might try to do that to be like, okay, well, somebody needs to stop her. Well, who's strong enough to stop the Sun Summoner? The Darkling. The Darkling. Mm-hmm. There you well, go. Uh, no, I, I'm just waiting to see. I want to see Vadim like pull up his long hair and have and have um Kurgan's face on the back on the back of his head. No, he's gonna have David in a in a cage in a cage on a um, on a cartwheel being pulled by a horse. He's gonna be in there locked up. Let me out! Let me out! You know, like the God Killer was in Thor: Love and Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Why would you remind me of that? Exactly. Exactly. It's well, gonna be it's okay, only so, high. So only so high. basically we just spelled out all of season three for Shadow and Bone and we figured it out. Season three will be season three will be the uh the main plot would be the drug, the subplot will be is Kerrigan really gone? Okay. Because David is gonna be out, you know, not realizing that he's halfway possessed. He's gonna be doing stupid stuff. Because Kerrigan is in his brain. He doesn't know why. And he's going to be doing all these stupid things. And he's going to yep. be like, why am I doing this? And why am I not going back to Virginia? No, you can't go back to Virginia. He to looks at him and he's like, what? And there's Kerrigan standing looking at him. Ah! And I bet you, I bet you Morzova has more than one journal. There's probably other journals that he's going to look for. A journal. Oh, yeah, they, I mean, they've said how to resurrect, he had more journals out there. Right, how to resurrect himself, how to bring himself back. Yeah, because if you know anything about mad scientists, they love writing shit down and being very loquacious, being very verbatious and loquacious in their words, and just writing hundred thousand page page shits and just like saving them and putting them aside because they because when you're mad, you have ideas on top of ideas and you forget them, so you have to write them down somewhere. So of course, they're probably like seven or eight or ten volumes of. Mad ramblings from this dude yeah. somewhere. Because he was probably well, like, we may be, we may be immortal. 
we may be immortal, but we can die. So how can I make sure if I die, I can come back? So he experiments on bringing other things back because he wants to figure out how to bring himself back. Ah, and so that, that's how that Kerrigan, Kerrigan is going to find the journal. Oh, sorry, David slash Kerrigan is going to be looking for the answer or to that. Vladim. With Vladim. He's going to find Vladim like, it's me. And Vladim's like, who are you? It's me. He's like, oh my God, it's Kerrigan. No, my name is David, but it's me. I'm telling you. Wait, all of a sudden we're in Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> exactly. Yes. She is like the 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 writers like the reference they're they're referencing everything. They're gonna use everything to bring him back. Okay, so now I'm curious for I, I'm just ready for this to come back just to see how much of this is like on the nose and how much are, we're gonna have to replay this when season three comes back just to be like, okay, I think so we hit the we hit the nail on the head here, here, and here, and we were so far off the mark that we might as well have been another solar system here. So it. Oh no, I think I think I think he he has pretty sound reasoning behind this theory. Because what who who's gonna be the villain? Like who's gonna be the big bad? Is it gonna be the apparat? Come on now. Is is he's a means to an end? It's it's gonna look like one thing. They're gonna do the old bait and switch. It's gonna look like one thing, but in actuality, the the real person behind the scenes is David slash Kerrigan. I see. I don't know because, like, I know you're saying what was it you just said? Like, who's gonna be the real villains, the apparat? But we said this last season. The apparat is, uh, or we said this when we were talking about. House of the Dragon. The apparatus is given very, very big Laris strong vibes. Very much so. Like he doesn't look like much. The, the smarmiest of the smarmiest. Right. And he's so like, how did he survive all of that other stuff? Like, where was he? He when... just he just stepped back and just be like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch all this play out, <laughs> see, and and deal with the the fallout after right. that. Just just like, step where, back. Like, happened. where was he during Nikolai and uh, and Alina's engagement party? Where was he during the dinner where it was um, announced? Like the apparatus was always first of all smoking around somewhere. The, the apparatus smart enough to know that that's not the place I want to be while Kerrigan is still stalking around. Are we going to put all the important people in one place at the same time? Okay. I'm not going to be there. Yeah, that's true. Y'all come see me after the the engagement announcement back at the palace. I'll be at the big palace. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a feeling he's going to play a big part because you can't have him gone for the entire second season just to bring him back in the last five minutes of the show and that not mean something. Oh, here's something else. I have to go back and look at the season because I feel like I saw this in another one of the episodes and I know it has to be significant because it was something so minor that was just out of the blue that I'm like, that has to mean something. The fly that landed on Zoya's Kefta during Kerrigan's funeral. When have you ever seen an insect or anybody like swatting at an insect in any show? That thing was very noticeable. It you they literally made it buzz. You could hear the buzzing. It lands on Zoya's Keft and she 
moves it away. I don't know. Maybe that was Kerrigan. I don't know. Maybe he was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to die and I'm just going to put my essence in this insect. I don't know. But there's something significant about that fly. Mark my words. Maybe the fly the fly took enough of Kerrigan away that when someone catches the fly, they can actually do something with the fly. I don't know if I feel like that's it, but something something is important about that fly. I don't Or maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll put the fly in in this one little cylinder and then have another bigger cylinder over here. Then they run electricity through it. And when it comes to any other cylinder, instead of Ben Barnes, it's Jeff Goldblum coming out. I like knew that fly. was where you were going with this joke, which is why I put my head in my hands because I was like, "It's not See, it's a, about it's the to make switch a fly reference." Okay, look, both both y'all both y'all can't do it at the same time. That's just that's just disrespectful. <laughs> I know. Look, I had I had to go for it. Oh, I went I went for it. And I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of it. I like that joke. Oh. So I don't care. And for a penny, anyway, for a pound. I, I mean, All it's possible. Way. You're right, but see, it's just like we say. They never show something without there being a reason for showing it. And that's a fly. So it's like, why would they focus on a fly at Kerrigan's funeral? To the There's point a purpose where, you, where you focusing on Zoe looking at it and being like, get away from me. I was like, what's up with the fly? And I was like, okay, we've already seen, ins we've already seen insects in the form of butterflies meaning something more than they were. I was like, okay, this is something that we need to pay attention to. I don't know why, but I feel like it's something we need to pay attention to. So, yeah, I'm sure it'll come up later. So overall, Anthony, since you were the most skeptical of us all going into the second season, how do you feel about the show now? What were your likes and dislikes? Well, it, it started off pretty weak, but as the game momentum and the pacing got better, it, it, it finished pretty strong. Um, the just the right amount of Jesper, you know, because sometimes I feel like they tried too hard to make him like the best comic relief ever. Mm -hmm. And then like this just ultimate slayer. But they kind of brought him back a little bit, brought him back to reality, gave you a little bit more story about him. Mm -hmm. Um I do believe that they really did make it more of a Six of Crows show. The second half of the season, mm -hmm. um, because you did all the Atlanta stuff, searching for the the um, amplifiers. We we were done after the first couple of episodes for the yeah. most part. Um, but I, I, overall, I was I was pretty okay with this season. I mean, it was much better than I thought it would be, um, but it ended strong. Okay. Um, and it made me more interested in the lore. It's very hard to resist the urge to go online and look up everything that happens in the books. Just so be I, careful because you will get just, the spoilers. It's it's hard, you know, without you know like I was I was doing something once and saw that bagger had other kids. I was like, let me stop. Wait, what? See, I oh, didn't know that. See, that that that's that's what happens when you start looking stuff up. So I yeah. I made myself not look anything up. So yeah. I um when we were I, I forgot what it was we were looking up last week. I was looking at something on Wikipedia. Um, oh, I think probably about the Jura Perrin. No, I was looking up. I was looking up Jesper's mother, and then there was something else we were talking about, probably about the drug. 
which I didn't mean to look up, but it it showed itself on its page. Oh, we were, I know what it was. We were looking, we were talking about the different classifications of Grisha and what they could and couldn't do. So one of the things that I found out was with the Jurda Perim, it not only amplifies, but it changes some of their powers. And I think maybe it was Mike. It was me. It was you. Because we were, we were about, talking yeah. about one of the people and I was like, yeah, yeah, about Nina. And I was like, yeah. Oh, wait. <clears throat> wait. Oh my God. That ties into everything we just said about third season. Wait. Okay. See, that's we'll, why you can't lick anything up. We'll have a, si- <laughs> we'll have a sidebar because Mike <laughs> has no idea what I'm talking about. You and I will have a sidebar, but Oh my God, like, yeah, we're definitely going to have to revisit this episode when season three comes out. When season three, when season three, you hear me, Netflix, when season three comes out and when the Six of Crows spinoff happens, but we're going to have to revisit this particular episode because, ooh, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, Mike, how are you feeling about this season? For a more positive spin on it, I love this season. This season was freaking awful. Was positive? Anything negative to say? Yeah, yeah whatever. Really? I, I I thoroughly love this love this season. Uh, I love the season more than the first one. I'm glad they could build on it instead of having a letdown. I'm glad that that a lot of things got fleshed out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Nikolai's character. I love the twins. I, I basically love everyone that they introduced. I yeah, think I think yeah. really adds to the story. And I I'm really looking forward to the next season. Especially I really want to see how how Nikolai Nikolai being potentially being being a shadow demon is going to play out. I really want to see how that works. Yeah. But it's like I'm and I this is really gonna be uh, I, I'm. This is one of the shows that I'm really looking forward to. Looking forward to seeing, seeing again. So, yeah, this season. This season did it for me, and I'm. I'm still so anxious about Alina. Like that's my that friggin' smile, man. That's that freaking smile. Crazy. I was like, no, man, no. Because it came up so subtly, and then it was just kind of like they're like, yeah. Yeah, she was like, ooh, yeah. I like this. I was like, yeah. oh shit. Ben Barnes was like, so you guys are the villains now? They were like, yeah, pretty much. He was like, my work is done. And he walked off. <laughs> he walked off that little interview. That yeah. was funny. But yeah. Yeah. It just I I absolutely I actually really love this season. Um, like I said, I, I love the characters. Elena d- did get on my nerves a little bit, but overall, I love where her character has gone um and y'all know me i'm a sucker for a love story so i just i just want her to have her happy ending regardless of whether that's with mal or whether it's you know just kind of off on her own doing her own thing whatever um like i said i like the girl power aspect that we saw i really want to see more of that with uh zoya and jenya and alina and inej and nina i mean just and and to, I mean, we have so many strong characters on this show. That's one of the things I will say this show absolutely did do right 
as far as the characters and with the casting they did a great job and yeah. um you know you can just really see the chemistry with this cast even in interviews but also on the show with these characters um you know it's just the right amount of everything even the bad characters is like we know we're supposed to hate them but still i like what they're doing as those characters pecker rollins is just oh he's so disgusting and he's such an asshole but i'm just like i want to see what he's going to do next next uh season because you know he he's not staying in hellgate for long you know he already has plans on top of plans on top of plans and matthias is just a means to an end so I kind of want to see how that's going to go. But um, yeah, Yeah. I think for me as well, going into the third season, I really want to see what they're going to do with this Nikolai storyline. And if it's going to um, pull from the books, which by season three, I should have read all of these books. That is my goal for this year is to make sure I have everything read. I also have the, um, there's a graphic novel about Alexander's backstory that I bought that I got for Christmas um I'm gonna read that and then I also bought the book of the saints so I'm gonna go through that I I'm gonna be an I'm gonna be a Grisha verse expert by the time season three comes that is my goal that is my plan I want to be able to answer all the questions and know all the things about all these this extensive list of Grisha and what their powers are what they can do and yeah that that's my goal for next season so yeah. shout shout out to shout out to Jesper for running down titles of future books when when he was like <laughs> <laughs> like we should get someone to write down it's like the four charming rogues of Ketterdam. He's like <laughs> Kaz was like, Kaz is like there's five, five of us. us. <laughs> oh, the five of and I was trying to figure out was he about to say the five of crows? Cause they, they cut him <laughs> off right when he said like, I was like, was he about to say five of crows? I think that was the that was the that was the shoe in for the spinoff. That was so perfect. But see, but see, he said but but they spelled it K-E. I know. The, but you on... know what? One thing I have learned is that these closed captionists are not always accurate and reliable. They can be very misleading. They can be yeah. very misleading. So we're not gonna pay attention to that. He's probably gonna say five of crows, but then Matthias. Matthias has to get out of Hellgate next season because, yeah, I understand why he was there. And I understand in the first season, they were like, yeah, you think he's going to be there for six months? Nah, he's going to be there for a minute. That, that was the weakest storyline. Mm-hmm. Him being in Hellgate was, was absolutely pointless. Yeah. You could, well, see, you that's enough. That's a- really could have taken yeah. out of the. I didn't want to go negative. You really could have taken that whole thing out of the show and it really wouldn't have changed anything. Or just had it in like the last couple episodes because it's like you stretched out him fighting twice over eight episodes, and it's like mm-hmm. nobody cares about what he does in jail, about him sitting in jail and talking. We to want him out, and he had no character development. Like right. I yeah. thought, maybe this would be like a Zoro thing, not Zoro, oh. not either Zoro or not a Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo, mm-hmm. one of the two. It didn't do either one. Yeah. He's exactly the same as when he went in, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's another relationship that we didn't get didn't really get a payoff on either, because it's like everyone thought that you know oh they're gonna find a way to break him out then they're gonna be then it's like nope he's still yeah. fucking in there and yeah. he's not getting out till maybe next season. 
Maybe. And that is a that is a huge waste of Callahan Scotland. So they need to fix that next season. Yeah. That's a huge waste of partially naked uh, Nina too, but I, I digress. Go ahead. The the whole breakout, if they do break him out after Cass said, I can't do it. And then you're gonna come back and if you do it in the season, then the then it's like, okay, so you only said that because y'all want to do this other thing. But oh no, in fact, Nina, yeah, we can break him out. No, it might it might be that at the time that Cass said that he may not have that he may really have thought that they couldn't do it. But of course now Cass Cass has a little more experience under his belt. He has the dregs now, um, under his, you know employ so he may be able to do it oh that's the other thing so Kaz now has become a reputable well I'm I'm not going to say he wasn't reputable before but reputable. he has a new Crows club he took over um, Per Haskell's joint and he sent some of his guys he was like go to the brothels offer to buy the indenture of any girl who wants an honest paying job no skin trade. They're going to be working for a salary. I was like, okay, come on, Cass. Like, he has to figure out some way to honor Inej while she's not there. But I think she would be proud of him for doing that. So, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I remember in the first um in the first season, she tried to get him to buy the indenture of another girl. And she was like, you know, she's just like me. He was like, there's no one like you. And he, he wouldn't even consider it. And now that he's doing it, just whatever. I mean, then again, I guess whatever Nikolai paid him, it was probably twice what they got paid for the original uh, Steal the Sun Summoner thing. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling Kaz is sitting very pretty right now. So, and, and Pekka Rollins is not there to strong arm him. People in the barrel pretty much know Kaz Bricker is not one to be fucked with, just as per Haskell. So, yeah. But I guess that will be it for our season two discussion of Shadow and Bone. Um, as we get more developments, we will update everyone once we find out if there's going to be a season three and or a Six of Crows spinoff. Um, the only other thing I want to mention before we leave is that I put out a post earlier today about... Um, it being my, you know, my birthday season, Taurus season is here. And the only thing I said was that I wanted people to like support the podcast by liking, following, sharing, donating uh, to help us cover some of our costs. And we did get a donation today from our very faithful listener, Carlos. So thank you, Carlos, for your donation. Thank you for always supporting the podcast. Um, we love you and we thank you and we appreciate you. And for anyone else who would like to donate and support us, um, please go to our website, www.phantomhybrid.com and click on the donate button. You can donate to us through Buy Me a Coffee. You can donate to us on um, our anchor banner, which is now podcasters uh, for Sp uh, Spotify for podcasters. And um, you can also send us a donation through PayPal. So if you would like to do that, we would appreciate it. We thank you guys for listening to us. And that is it for our show. As I mentioned, you can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. 
We have a Discord channel you can chat with us on. We have a YouTube channel that you can watch our videos on and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.